You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from Pastor Robert. The title of this message is, Who Am I? And uh, it's kind of got, got a hold of me. Uh, man, I just had you sit down. Let's stand up again, all right? I don't know why I do that every week. If you're able to, stand. If you're not able to, just act like you're standing, all right? Uh, Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, who am I? I wanna read to you out of 2 Samuel chapter seven, verse 18. And then went King David in and he sat before the Lord and he said, who am I? Oh, Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? Mary, would you bless the reading of the word of God for me, please? Father, we just thank you for your presence this this morning. Yeah. What a statement it is today. Who am I? Mm. That a king would bleed and die for. That's right. I thank you this morning for it. I thank you today, Lord, for your love and for the mercy of Jesus Christ today. I ask you, Lord, today to walk these aisles to minister to people here today and let them know that they're worth the love that you shed on Calvary's cross. God, I pray you will encourage hearts here this morning that you will bless, Lord, and that we'll look unto you, the author and finisher of our faith, and to know that we are someone because of you today. I ask this morning, Lord, for your anointing to rest upon our pastor this morning. I pray, God, for a special unction of the Holy Ghost upon him today. I pray, Lord, that you will bless from the front to the back, from the oldest to the youngest this morning. Move by your spirit, I pray, and every need would be met in the house today, I pray. We give you glory. We give you honor honor for thankful today for who am I I thank you today Jesus amen amen you may be seated I want to read that verse again Uh, snotting all over the place I've got to the place in my life I don't care if I impress people or I don't don't act like you don't have some snot running out of your nose once in a while oh gosh (laughs) Then went King David in and he sat before the Lord and he said, who am I? O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hither to? So what's going on here? David was humbled before the Lord, sensing his unworthiness to be so blessed by God. The second part of that verse, he said, thou hast brought me Hitherto, David acknowledged that God was the one who raised him up from a lowly shepherd to be a king. Have you given it much thought 
where God has brought you from? Have you thought about that lately? I'd like for us to look back two generations in our families and see where the Lord has brought you from. My dad's dad used to walk from Teachrick Road, which is on the other side of Shinston, to the Spelter Zinc plant just to see if he had a shift of work. His shoes was wore out. My grandma would cut cardboard out, put them inside his shoes, and his feet would bleed. And he'd get there some days, and they would say, we don't have a shift to work. And he'd go home. Why don't you think back a couple generations how your grandparents worked? I buried a lady yesterday, and I made a comment. I said, and I say it all the time about that generation. There'll never be a generation like them. Never, never. They were they caring people. And in the eyes of most of us and in the eyes of most of the world, we go back two generations in almost everyone's life in here. They had very little compared to what we have today, but they had way more than what we could ever even begin to imagine. We got so much to thank God for this morning. And we could start, we could thank him because he chose us. Many are called, few are chosen. Huh? In this chapter, we find the Lord making an eternal covenant with David and his house that there would forever be a king in Israel that came from his lineage. David was puzzled. He was perplexed that the Lord had chosen him and his house. Can I tell you as your pastor, I am overwhelmed this morning. I am perplexed that he chose me. You know, last week, I think it was last week, I asked if my, those of my family would stand up and everybody got a laugh because there's only three or four. We found out a lot of my family wasn't here, but I made a mistake. When I said my family, my family is on my in-law's side also. And two of my nephews and one of my nieces said, we didn't know whether we was to stand up or not. But they're my family. And David said, Lord, I can't believe that you've called my family to build your house. And I'm overwhelmed this morning that he would call me, but he's called my family. Both my blood family and my wife were one family, and also this family here as God's family that he has called us all to build his house and to do his work. You ought to give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. You see, David knew who he was. David knew exactly who God was, but David also knew who he was. And most of us, the majority of us in this room, we know who God is. We also know who we are better than anyone else. And David was overwhelmed. He was shocked that the Lord had chosen him. 
It had taken King David a long time to get to this place because David remembered his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. David remembered having her husband assassinated on the battlefield. David remembered the prophet of God calling him out for his sins. David remembered the death of his son. David knew exactly who he was. David knew how he had messed up and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, I wanna share with everyone in this house today that in Romans 3 and 23, the word of God said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us has failed. We've fallen short of the glory of God. Now I was praying and I'd never really thought about this before. And I truly believe that the spirit of God laid this on my heart. I want you to think if the word said all have sinned, and there's a lot of places I've been in church all my life other than about five years when I went haywire and there's a lot of churches that feel that if you've ever made a mistake you cannot be used if you've fallen short of the glory of God you cannot be used And I was praying about that because I know who I am and I know where I've fallen short and God has used me and that scripture for all have sinned. So if all have sinned and these churches are right, that if you've sinned, mate, you know, they got this, the religious elite, they got this sin meter. And they can determine who's dirtier than somebody else. But if the Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and if God only uses those that have not sinned, who could he use? You don't, you don't gotta go to seminary to learn that. Can somebody say amen? So Romans 8 and 1 said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. No condemnation means the believer is freed. Freed from the penalty and condemnation of sin. I don't know about you, but I've been set free. Anybody in the house been set free? Give God a hand clap. So what am I saying? God can take a sinful, messed up person and clean them up and make them useful. So Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians chapter six, verse nine, and I'm gonna read several verses, so bear with me. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, shall not. And then he says, be not deceived, neither fornicators nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Let me go over these so you'll understand what I'm talking about, fornicators. Or those who engage in all forms of sexual and immoral acts idolaters, 
is when you put something else before God. Adulterers is when you have an affair, when you sin against your spouse, when you step out, there's so many different things, but it's sin in God's eyes. The effeminate is women homosexuals and the abusers of themselves with mankind, meaning men homosexuals. Let me stop there for a second. We're living in a society where we are told to hush, not to talk about some of these issues because they're not politically correct and they are offensive. Well, we are instructed by the word of God to be able to present the word of God in a loving way. Do you hear me? So thieves, there's no sin meter here. Thieves, not just professional thieves, I call them sneak thieves. Those that just occasionally take something maybe from work or shoplift. I was reading the other day, one of the Hollywood stars that's worth millions got arrested for shoplifting. Can you believe that? Then Hollywood gonna tell us what we need to live like. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, that's a whole nother message. Drunkards, what's a drunkard? Somebody that drinks alcohol to be intoxicated. Gives them a little tipsy. Revilers are people who scold others. Got a temper, rants and raves and cusses, abusive language. I bet we got some cussers in the house. What? <laughs> Extortion. <laughs> you never know what you're gonna miss if you're not here. Extortioners, those who scheme to take from others. Well, here's the good news, verse 11. And such were some of you, but, somebody say but. Ye are washed, but, somebody say but. Ye are sanctified, but, somebody say but. You are justified <laughs> in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. The word but is used, go ahead, bless the Lord. Come on, bless the Lord. I gotta say this, look at your neighbor, say neighbor. That's a lot of but. The word but is used three times and it's stressing that there is a change. Who am I? I know who I am and I know who I was and I know who I is now because I've been justified, been sanctified, held by the blood of the King of Kings. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise if you've been redeemed. My, 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 my. If not for the blood, I said, if not for the precious blood of Jesus Christ, none of us would be useful to the Lord. But we are useful. In reality, we would be destined to hell. But thank God that he made us. Thank God that he washed us and made us useful. 
Go with me to 1 Corinthians 1 and 25. So I say to myself, God, why did you call me? Why? David said, Lord, why? Who am I that you would call me? Remember, David was a shepherd. David didn't look like in the eyes of the, the world that he would be a king. In 1 Corinthians, we get the answer. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Listen to verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. God, so I went to one of my commentaries and it literally said that God does not choose very many of the wise. And it used some example, God doesn't very seldom call highly educated people. I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm just telling you what it says. I'm pointing the finger at me, I've been called. Do you not remember me a few weeks ago sharing my insecurities and how I, I don't have a great vocabulary and it struggles and, 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 and I, I sit with all these other pastors that have all these degrees and then I, I look at this and God does not call many wise men in school. They call me a wise guy. But they, God doesn't call very many highly intellectual people to be used of God because why? Because they'll think it was because of their, how they could articulate and, and, and their intelligence. And they would say, look what I have done. And there's never been a day in my life. And that's what David was saying. Lord, why have you called me? Who am I? I'm just a young kid that was out on a shepherd's field attending my sheep. But God said, I call the foolish things of the world because you can't get to glory. And every time I walk into God's house or stand behind his pulpit or in a funeral home or in a hospital. I know that it's not me, it's God Almighty and that's the way we'll. Who are we, God, that you would call in Meadowbrook, West Virginia to build you a house? Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. Ho! I'm sure that there's Many down through the years, this question why God would call an adulteress, why God would call a murderer to be the greatest king of Israel. Well, the answer is simple. God took a low down sinner and he washed him and he cleaned him up and he made him useful. 
So that's my message for you today. God loves you. And every one of us in this room, you know what? We come to church on Sunday mornings and we look good and someone shakes your hand and you say, and they say, how you doing? So, oh, I'm great. Most of us has got problems. Most of us has got pain. And God knows your problem and God knows your pain. David made horrific mistakes and so haven't I. But God made something beautiful useful and faithful in David's life and in our lives. Do I have any sinners in the house that's been saved by grace? Be honest. Any, anybody like to stand up and talk about your closet? I didn't think so. If King David was ever going to glory, he would have to glory in God and God's graciousness. The Lord had brought him a long way, bringing him a long way from the sheepfold. Dave Bennett, the Lord's brought you a long way. Scotty Beverly, by watching by live stream, Scotty's in the hospital. And Darlene Morris, the Lord's brought you both a long way. Anybody in the house could lift both hands and say, God's brought me a long way. Anybody? Anybody could lift both hands and both feet and say, he brought me a long way. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So I can see King David sitting before the Lord and he smiled and he says, who am I? Can you imagine the joy that was in King David's heart? I don't compare myself to King David. That's not what this message is about. But I'm overjoyed in my life of how God has been faithful to me and to my family. He's sitting before the Lord and he said, Lord, who am I? Why did he say that? Because it made no sense. <laughs> and that's the way God does things. It just made no sense. And his heart is overjoyed and his lips is void with words. I ask you something this morning going into this Thanksgiving this week. Do you have that kind of joy? Can you thank God for the blessings in your life? Can you thank God for the blessings in your life? Is there anyone in this house? I said, can you thank God for the blessings in your life? Have you had it made so long you can't rejoice? Remain standing. And those that ain't standing, if you're able, get up. God's been good to you. Come on. 30 seconds is a long time. Thank God for blessing you. Thank God for your health. Thank God you can still see. Thank God you can still walk. Thank God you can still talk. Thank God you've got a place to lay your head at nighttime. God's been good to you. You may be seated. I had to shame some of you to get you up. Listen to me, don't focus on what you don't have. Don't focus. Eve had everything in the garden. She focused on the one thing she couldn't have. Quit focusing on the relationship that fell apart. Quit focusing from that individual that left you. Quit focusing for whatever you want, but you can't have and start focusing on what you do have. 
Can someone say amen? So let's look at the heavenly pick in 2 Samuel 7 and 20 and I'll try to wind this thing down. That's all right. I'll let them go, me and you'll stay all day. Better, better than that, you stay all day and I'll go too, all right? I'm going deer hunting, all right? 2 Samuel 7 and 20. And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knewest thy servant. David said, you know all about me, man. You know all my secrets. For thy word's sake and according to thy own heart, thou hast done all these great things to make the servant knowing them. Wherefore thou art great. O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. So at this point, David now realized that there was nothing that David could do to add to his conversion. And I come to that place in my life. There is nothing, Jim, I can do. I cannot be good enough. You cannot be good enough. There's nothing you can do to add to your conversion. And the king conceded and he accepted it. And I shared how my insecurities and, and, and looking back, after all these years, I think around that campfire with those nine pastors just a few weeks ago at my house, I think I conceded, Rita. I think it was a moment in my life that I said, Lord, there is no education that I can do. There is no, nothing that I, I can say to add to my conversion. You called me, Lord, and I'm gonna accept it and I'm gonna be used so now David realized that, that the Lord had gloriously picked him. The Lord had chosen his nation. The Lord had chosen David. The Lord had chosen David's family, his son, to build the Lord's house. None of us can understand why God calls us. Now the Lord graciously, after he called him, he preserved him. The very moment David was called, from that point on, he was attacked by the enemy. And I look back in my life, and I'm sure many in this room can look back in your life. The moment you was called, the moment you came to Christ, the enemy began to attack you. And I could stand here and I could go back and I could tell you story after story where the devil attacked me and tried to destroy me. But when God calls you, God will equip you and God will protect you. The Bible said, there is no weapon that is formed against you that shall prosper, no weapon. There is going to be one that is formed against you time and time again, but by the goodness and by the grace of God, you will make it through every battle and every storm. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. David said, who am I? God knew who he was and was still willing to call him. So I'm gonna close by telling you, who am I? I am a sinner that was raised in a church in Enterprise, West Virginia. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, every night we could go somewhere else. I had a drug problem. Mom and dad drugged my hind into church. 
and I know exactly who I am. And I got saved when I was around 21, 22. And I've not been perfect since that day. But I've been saved by the blood of Jesus. My name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I'm going to serve him till the day that I die. That's who I was, a sinner. It's no longer who I am. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of the king. I know who I was and I know who I am. So I ask you that question. Do you know who you are today? In 2 Samuel 7 and 18, he said, and what is my house? David was like, God, why would you call me and my family? There is a lot of my family here today. God has called us. I know I'm the pastor of this church. But you're the ones that hold my, my arms up. You're the ones that will be there for me in my darkness hours. My wife. Who am I, Lord, that you would send me a helpmate like her? My three children. Who am I, Lord? Not a one of them ever give me any trouble. Who am I, Lord, that you'd give me a mom and a dad and grandparents on both sides, a brother and sister, serving the Lord. There's nothing better. Who am I, Lord, that my brother-in-laws are all saved? Who am I? On my wife's side of the family, 14 nieces and nephews, all of them attend this church, all of them saved, never caused their parents any problems. Who am I? So to my family, on the blood side and the outlaw side. God's called us. Stand with me, church. I have so much to be thankful for. And guess what? You do too. I got a few guys going to come with me and help me do something here. Come on up here, guys. I had this idea of Andrew Perrine and me, Andrew was going to play the guitar. Most of you see him back there in the cage playing the drums. And uh, so it was just going to be Adam, or excuse me, Andrew and I. And I came up here the other evening and I walked out and Anthony was sitting over there and uh, Adam walked in. So I said, why don't you guys come to my office and let's practice this song. And then, then I felt guilty and we had to throw Gibson in there. <laughs> come on over. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah, they're brothers. All right. There's an old song that says, Who Am I? Are you ready? Search your heart. So far 
from glory To suffer pain and such disgrace All my Calvary take my place So I ask myself this question Who am I? Oh, 
cross he go for who Just remain standing with me this morning. To be pristine, to be called by God, and to be used by God. God knows all about you, and He still loves you, and He cares for you. And just as He loved and He called and He used David, He'll use you. So all over this building, don't leave here today. If your heart's not right with God, nobody, nobody, don't leave. Cause what is your life? It's but a vapor. Oftentimes there's no warning, no warning when the devil will take you out. But if you're covered by the blood, he can never take you out. You may die here, you will die. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So don't think you have to be pristine. Don't think you have to get your life right before God will accept you into his family. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I'd like for you to examine your heart and I'd like for you to just do away with any pride that you would have. Pride is terrible. Pride will keep you from heaven. And humble yourself and look at yourself and examine your own walk with God. Is there one here this morning? I will not come to you. I will not come and single you out. But somebody said they asked a person if they were right with God and they said, well, 99%, I believe I am. If you're 99%, then you're 100% lost. You gotta make sure, you gotta know. God cares for you. Right where you're at, if you'd like to give your life to Christ, would you slip your hand up high? Do it quickly, don't be ashamed. If the Lord's tugged at your heart during this service, you'd like to give your life, I see your hand there. Thank you, ma'am. Somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. I believe there's others here today. I believe there's others. Is there somebody else? Then as every head is bowed, ma'am, I want you to look right at me. Would you take someone by the hand beside of you? Would you do that? Make that public confession. I want you to pray this. Don't be ashamed. The Lord's not ashamed of you and he's not ashamed of me. I want you to pray this out loud and mean it from the bottom of your heart. Lord Jesus, today, I humbly come before you and acknowledge, Lord, that I have sinned. I have fallen short, but Lord Jesus, today, I surrender my life. I give it to you, Lord. Wash me, cleanse me, write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In Jesus' name I pray and amen. Can we put our hands together and welcome that lady 
to the greatest family, the family of God. Come on, let's just bless the Lord. Can we do that? It's early. It's early. Ma'am, I want to encourage you. This is not where you stop. This is where you begin to grow. Somebody will come to you shortly and give you a Bible. And they'll get you to fill out a small card and I'll call you and have prayer with you. The Lord's been good to us all another year. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. 